My name's Justin. I'm a pessimist in a strange world, scouring Israel to find hope, inspiration, and goodness. Or, in other words, modern-day Lamed Vavnikim, 36 righteous souls who can show us the way. The Lamed Vav Siddiquim is a tale built on the idea that there are 36 anonymous, really good people who hide in the shadows but step forward when we need them most. This is my journey to find wonder and goodness in our once magical world. I'm always uncomfortable when friends, family, or friends of friends sing at a Shabbat dinner table. Singing on their own, singing loudly with everyone over wine, or worse, singing at a pub or a bar for open mic night. I want to curl up in a ball at the sight of someone I know singing. Maybe, well, probably, I'm being a little too ridiculous or harsh. But most people are just not great singers. And if I can dig myself a little bit deeper of a hole, I would venture to argue that I don't think any of my friends are good singers. So, why sing? Beyond the bare minimum, why not just allow the crowd to take the lead? That was my mindset when two friends of mine recommended I meet Yosef Abramson. They said he was an incredible singer, and I thought, he's probably a decent singer. And why in the world would I want a stranger to sing into a microphone alone with me in my apartment? That's even more awkward than a friend singing. And then they insisted. Yosef, they declared, was far more than a singer. Yosef, they said, was special. So I scheduled the interview, not knowing much more about Yosef. A few days later, he knocked on my door, guitar hanging on his back, ready to dive into his journey, into his music, into the exact moment when these two worlds collided. This is my conversation with Yosef Abramson.
So tell me about what that song means to you. Right. Yeah. So um, it was a really crazy ride because I, I, you know, was injured in Operation Protective Edge in 2014. I was a combat soldier, and we were located in a very crazy spot in Gaza. A lot of terrorist attacks. You know, over the two weeks that we were in there, physically, I was injured twice, and the first time was the was the bad one. I got uh, pieces of shrapnel in my left arm, and um, because I wasn't taking care of the arm as soon as possible, the arm got infected. I had a lot of nerve damage getting to the hospital. And basically after, after that, it was five years that uh, went by that I haven't picked up an instrument at all. So it was 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, it was a very, very special uh, moment for me. Basically what happened is that uh, after you get injured and sort of have to get used to your new abilities with your arm, and what you can do, what you can't do. I think the thing that hurt me the most was giving up on music. I've been playing music since I was a kid, guitar, drums, and piano. I sang all the time. And then after the injury, basically because it was so difficult to play physically, even singing just didn't happen as often. I basically gave up on music altogether until I got to this amazing organization called Restart. I got a phone call in 2019, five years later, from the CEO, his name is Nive Fuon. He himself was also injured in uh, Tsukaitan in Operation Protective Edge. He was an officer in the Maglan Special Unit, shot twice as really, really crazy, uh, crazy story from, uh, from the operation. But he basically called me up and said, hey, you know, I heard your story. I know what you've gone through. I've been through the same thing. And uh, I wanted to tell you about this organization that I'm running now called Restart, and specifically this project that we're running called Makers for Heroes. Makers for Heroes is a really special project that brings all of like the high-tech industry and engineering, everyone that can basically make things from scratch, and we build these special teams around wounded soldiers and basically give them technological solutions for their disabilities. Really tailor-made things that are not out there necessarily, and you know we want you to be part of the project. We want you to take part in this thing, and, and why don't you tell me about something that you can't do since your injury? So... You know, I immediately said playing music was, you know, the thing I love most. And I told him, you know, the honest truth is that I'm not so optimistic. I've kind of got used to this uh, this new state with my arm uh, for the past five years. So it was only the arm. Was it at all emotional, mental? So I, I think back then I thought it was just the arm. But uh, yeah, for, for sure, it was also mental. And like I said, also like singing, I was able to do physically. And even that just didn't happen as much because I wasn't able to play physically. So... So yeah, there was a lot of emotional damage, I guess, and things that I, you know, realized along the way that are bothering me. Things that I are not the same since, you know, the the operation, and um, and so yeah, definitely a big part of it was emotional. Um, and I said, you know, let's let's give it a try. You know, I'm not, uh, I have nothing to lose, and I I don't think it's gonna work because I know what my arm can do, but but we can try. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Like they built a team of amazing tech experts around me, you know, engineers and people that sew, uh, occupational therapists, basically build a team from scratch. A lot of back and forth with uh, different braces for my arm. And we finally came up with this solution that was right for me, that can basically give me some more freedom for my finger that's problematic and a lot of support for my thumb that is very painful. At the end of that project, there was the like summary event of 2019. I find myself getting up on stage grabbing a guitar and playing a song for the first time since Operation Protective Edge. And that was five years. 
Yeah, it was, it was one of the most uh, exciting moments for me. You could just like explain because it's only audio kind of like, you know, it's a very small contraption on your arm like or on your hand, like what it is and and what it seeks to solve and how, you know, it's not just like a easy brace, easy fix and that it's actually a lot more complicated than that. So the brace itself is, is not too complicated. It's this basically this hook for my uh, finger that can pull it backwards because my finger doesn't open up properly. So without the without the spring, it sort of just collapses. And uh, I need a lot of support for my thumb because different movements hurt inside of my, uh, my arm. So this homel, I forgot the word, this a special brace that's like part, yeah. it's like sort of part cast that can sort of hold things together. And it uh, gives me a lot of support and it, I find it perfect for exactly what I need right now. When you play guitar and sing, it kind of hurts a little. For sure. Yeah, I, I always say that this solution doesn't bring me back to playing the way I used to play before the injury. I don't think anything will, but that's fine. You know, like from going from five years of playing nothing to playing, let's say, 30, 40 percent to me is amazing uh, and way more than I ever imagined that I would do. So, yeah. What was it like the morning after you sang for the first time in 2019? I actually remember going out uh, for a coffee with my wife and sitting down, it was like a really, really special moment for, for the both of us. Because, you know, uh, this happened Thursday night, Friday morning. You know, we, we sat down at a coffee shop and basically started thinking about all the things that I sort of gave up on that, you know, after you get injured, there's sort of like a two, two lists of things you can do and things you can't do. And suddenly when I was able to move one of the things that I couldn't do into the area of things I can do, it made me realize, you know, way, way beyond the, the realization that I can physically play again, it made me realize how many things I've given up on over those five years that maybe I've given up on too early, like things that maybe have solutions, maybe they have different solutions that, that can give me something that's, uh, even if it's halfway or whatever, but trying to uh, think about all the things that I always wanted to do or, or things that I find difficulty doing and, and saying, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't give up on all of those. And, we, uh, we had like a really, really amazing conversation about getting back on track and getting back to doing the things that I love that I sort of gave up on for five years. It was just a special coffee that like yeah. you'll remember forever. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the, the Thursday night performance is something that I'll never forget. Both myself and Tamar, my wife, were crying you know, after, uh, after the performance. And I think there was like the main realization when I was sitting there like on stage in front of, you know, it was uh, about 500 people that were sitting there. I think there it like, hit me full force that like, wow, I, I never imagined that I'd be playing again. And here I am playing in front of 500 people. And there are so many things that I've given up on that, uh, that I should probably think about again. Yeah. And for many people, right, the injury and working through it is kind of a personal thing that you can put in a closet or you can just kind of lock the door to or, or take out when you want to, you know, but it's very personal. It's very hard and it's dense. Yeah. But for you, it's kind of like twofold because you deal with your 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 injury and the implications of that mentally, emotionally, et cetera. But then you go to work. Walk me through your decision to like work for this organization and work for this cause and work for soldiers who are are years behind you in that process. It was during Corona. I was I was looking for like my next uh, my next opportunity, and uh, and I spoke to Niv, the the CEO, and I spoke to Shoshi, who's the Yoshevet Rosh of the board. And I basically said, you know, I'm, I'm looking for my next thing. They said, why don't you do it at Restart? And for me, that was a huge opportunity to join the team that helped me as a wounded soldier so much and to be able to give the feeling that I got up there on stage to other wounded soldiers 
that are sort of looking for their way back after their injury was really, really exciting for me. Like I wanted to be on the giving side of that because I've gotten so much from this place, uh, I think is really, really special. So that's what I try to do every day at Restart. Does it ever challenge you emotionally to be in that environment? And you'll always have to take your work home with you because it's a part of you and it's admirable, but it must be really hard. For sure. That's a great question. It's actually something that I deal with every day since I started working at Restart. I call it like the, I'll say it in Hebrew, En menucham Yosef HaPatsua. This is what I say is that when you're working at Restart as a wounded soldier, it sometimes can get very intense, very heavy. And, you know, you're dealing with your own emotional damage all the time. And, and even just introducing yourself in different circumstances through your work always has to do with your injury, obviously. And so... Uh, there really is no uh, differentiation, I would say, between you know your personal injury and the organization. What I can say is that it actually, you know, having said that, it, it gives you an opportunity to, for a second, put your personal injury aside and focus on other people's injuries. You know, if I'm working on my own stuff and then suddenly I get this chance to help others that are in different places than I am. You know, some maybe have been in similar circumstances and have been injured maybe also in Gaza and, and things like that. But so many have so many like different kinds of stories. And also what I love about Restart is that it's not just combat soldiers. It's anyone that was injured in their, you know, army service. And so you have hundreds of different stories of people that, you know, just want to get back on track, whether it's finding jobs, whether it's finding this, you know, technological solution for their disability, whether it's working on their, their injury story to make it, you know, a, a, special talk that they can sort of give on to other people is something that we help out on. And for me, that's mostly exciting than it is uh, difficult. So there, unfortunately, have been many wars in this country's history. You know, I think we live in a tough neighborhood, tough neighborhood for sure. How far back kind of like who's the oldest person or oldest veteran that has walked into your offices and kind of shocked you guys because they're old? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually really, really exciting. When we restart, we're, we're all over the place. It's people that are, you know, injured in Protective Edge in 2014 to people that were injured in Yom Kippur that are 70 something years old. We have the, you know, specific someone in my head now. His name is Amit Geller, who just joined us last year for the uh, Makers Project. He's uh, amputated in one of his arms and he really wanted to go back to playing saxophone. And he can't do it, obviously. And we, had a special team from a special uh, special unit in the army create a tailor-made saxophone, basically switching all of the uh, different parts of the saxophone to playing just right-handed. And he basically can play a one-handed saxophone. And he went back to it. Uh, we have a few videos of him playing. It's super, super exciting. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really all ages and, and men and women. It's a really, really special environment of people like coming together, whether it's wounded soldiers with the uh, different volunteers together. Uh, I would say Makers is, is more in, in those areas, the Makers Project, because that just has to do with everyone. The Mentors Program that we have, which is basically trying to get people back on track professionally, I would say is more for the younger people that are like looking for their for their way in uh, the Jobs, business world. Exactly. Routine. Yeah, trying to figure out what they yeah. want with their lives. And also the Mentors Program is super important because, you know, you look at the I'd say like the normal path of any Israeli citizen I would say is, is so the typical path would be finishing high school drafting into the army going to like your big trip after the army 
going to school and then finding, you know, a profession, building a family and everything. And when you're injured in the army, and, and that's part of the reason why we don't just take combat soldiers or, or something like that. It's when you're injured in the army, regardless of how it happened or why it happened, you're sort of stuck and, and you're sort of thrown out of that typical path. And instead of going out to finding a job and, and going to school and, and et cetera, et cetera, you go to rehabilitation for years, right? It could be physical, usually also mental. And, and that, in my opinion, never ends. It's just something you deal with for the rest of your life. And instead of going out and finding a job at age 22, 23, you're 27, 28 years old and no one's looking at you. And everyone's saying, you know, why should I take this guy that's 27 years old looking for his first opportunity when I can get a 23 year old that already had his first job and did this and this in the army? Um, it becomes really, really difficult. And that's sort of where the mentors program comes into place, sort of trying to give that boost back, you know, for these soldiers that have been away for a few years. What do you think it is about music that what do you think music brings out in people? Wow. Both injured soldiers and just regular people who are coping with living in a tough neighborhood. What do you think it is about music? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I guess it's more personal for me because like, it's, it's just something that I, I grew up on since I was a kid. But uh, for me, it's, it's extremely therapeutic. I mean, I, I can tell you firsthand as someone who's been through so many different therapies trying to sort of cope with the PTSD that I live with and things like that. I, I've tried so many different things that some helped more, some helped less. But for me, music just kind of stops everything around me and lets me focus on myself and just to like remember to breathe and not think about anything that's going on. It's, uh, it's a really, really special tool. And, and for different people, it's different things. You know, I have friends that for them, coping with their PTSD is, is going out to the, you know, to the sea and, and surfing and it's uh, horseback riding a lot of people that I know. And, uh, for me, music is just, it's unbelievable. Listening and playing music, uh, it just calms the nerves and sort of brings you back to yourself when a lot of situations where you feel like you're maybe not yourself. So. Even if it causes you a temporary pain in your thumb or your... Definitely your... worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh, maybe that's why it's in a way therapeutic. It's, it takes away the fear of pain. Yeah, I, I, guess I never thought about it like that, but yeah. It's, wow. Uh, that's a good point. One last question, and then I will demand that you play us out because <laughs> we got a guy with a guitar in my living room. Why not? <laughs> what is kind of like a line or a motto or a line from Torah or Talmud that kind of like has sat with you in the back of your head when you realized it, when you didn't realize it, when you needed it, when you didn't need it, that kind of ushered you through this journey from... 2014 to the, the performance to the coffee shop and then to the organization i think the main uh keta that i keep thinking about uh, that i say in davening every day is uh, uh, which for me is like sort of like the same as saying you know uh man plans and god laughs or something like that it's you know, we, we have all these plans and all these machshavot and all these ideas that we have and want to do. And, you know, I, I went into the army never thinking that something like this would happen. And I think every combat soldier needs to be aware of this when you go into it. But I don't think you can really ever expect it. And especially the, the emotional side of things, you know, something that you're never prepped for, um, you know, dealing with. Everything is, is very physical. And to be the best combat soldier you can be is to be the best shooter and to be the best runner and to be, uh, you know, physically fit. 
the emotional side is is has nothing to do with uh, with your training, and I think that's uh, it's a shame. I think it, it should be um, as much as possible. I don't know. I don't know exactly how. We have to figure that out. But uh, but even even if you feel like you're physically or emotionally fit to be a combat soldier, you're never really you know emotionally ready for a good friend of yours getting shot next to you and and uh, listening to explosions, you know, constantly. And, and, and when you come back and you come back out of the war, that, that sort of never leaves you, you know. It's uh, something that you have to deal with for the rest of your life. And, uh, and I think that remembering that, that keta, that pasuk of Rabot Machshavot B'Rebeish V'Atzat Hashem Itakum is just to remember like, how small we are and how little, uh, how little control we have over, you know, our lives. And I think I don't see it as, as you know, a negative thing. I definitely see it as a positive thing to try our best to do what we can with every circumstance. And, you know, there's a, another kitta that my teacher from uh, high school would tell me all the time. He's very, very close. Uh, he's more like a friend to me today. Uh, part, uh, you know, parent, friend, uh, you know, siblings. He's everything mixed together. He's a very, very close uh, person to me. And he told me that, you know, there's, there's a Rav Kuk who says... And he said that Yesichena you can read either with a sin or with a samech. Yesichena with a sin means to talk about it and to do something, and Yesichena with a samech means to sort of put it away. So he said, of Cook says a beautiful thing is that when do you read it with a sin or with a samech? He said, when, depending on the situation, right? If there's something you can do about the situation, then by all means, with a sin, right? Do something, get up, and, and and move things around. When there's nothing you can do about it, and when you know that it's just a daga that that just does no good, try to think about it as daga with the samich, right? And to sort of just put it on the side and, and focus on the other things. And I, I think that those two things are really sentences or psukim that uh, that sort of guide me and, and take me through life. And I try to focus really on the good things and, and remember that I have very little control over my life and that uh, God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is, you know, in charge of everything and will decide what goes on at the end of the day. And so, you know, make the best of what I have and, and I have a lot, a lot of good. So focus on that. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for having me. Play us out. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a very special song. Um, it's not my song. It's Tracy Chapman. And it's the first song that I decided to play up there on stage when I had the first opportunity. After five years, I felt like this song was a perfect story or a perfect uh, way to look at wounded soldiers' lives. On one hand, a lot of difficulty and this strong feeling or, or desire to run away. Uh, but at the, at the same time, I think it has a lot of hope and, and good in it. So uh, here goes. I got a plan to get us out of here, I've been 
far Across the border and into a city You and I can both get jobs Finally see what it means to be living I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast I felt like I was drunk City lights laid out before us And your arm felt nice Round my shoulder and so funny because when someone sings you're like I'm always like scared they'll be a bad singer or just like awkward you're an amazing singer <laughs> thank you wow thank amazing you so performer. much Toda Raba it's not the music or the guitar strings that make Yosef sing or that make him a great singer. Though, as you heard, he's a pretty remarkable singer. I think it's more than that. It's the pain beneath each pitch, the story behind each song, and the singer beneath each soldier. This is Yosef. As he sang in my apartment, I couldn't help but think of that concert, of his first performance since the injury. I could see it. I could hear it. I could see Yosef's wife smiling in the crowd. I could see them embracing afterwards, knowing that this was more than a concert. This was a revival, a revival of hope, of rebirth, of renewal, of purpose, of Yosef. Maybe next time, I'll invite him to come to my Shabbat dinner table with his wife. He'll sing loudly with my friends he'd just met. Then, my friends will look at him, impressed with his singing, and I'll remember the day he sat on my couch with his guitar, thinking about the notes and moments that led him to that fateful concert. I'll ponder what lies ahead for Yosef, for his wife, and for their journey together. No one can ever know what lies ahead, and I think the music helped him embrace that. His music, his story, helped me. Helped me to embrace the unknowns we all must face. So, he can sing loudly, or he could even sing a solo at my Shabbat dinner, whatever he wants. But the rest of you, don't turn this into an open mic night. Thanks for joining me on 36. This podcast is hosted by me, Justin Hayat. Our managing producer is Sarah Shemla. Our executive producer is Attila Samfalvi. And our editor is Robert Scarmuccia. This is a production of Soul Shop and sponsored by B'nai Zayn. Please rate and review this podcast in your podcast app of choice and share it with your friends, your butcher, and your shadchan. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon.